Hey, this is Brian Alvarez, and this is today's edition of the Wrestling Observer Daily Podcast on the 8 Side Network. Live from San Francisco on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network, you are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with your hosts, Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi. Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's get it on! Let's get it. Mike Sempervivi here with you for the next hour, talking about professional wrestling, which is something we do every single day here on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. Tune in, iHeart, American Forces Radio, sportsbyline.com, over-the-air affiliates like KMAV, 99 KMSR, and the Mightier 1090. Maybe you're listening on podcast or replay on Sirius XM, or maybe you're video streaming on Twitch or YouTube. However you're joining me today, I'd just like to say thank you. Hopefully, wherever you are, it's sunny outside, and if not, hopefully it's sunny inside your mind. It's overcast here on Delmarva, a little bit of rain, a little bit humid out here. There's one single gnat flying around this room right now that I want to demolish, and I'm planning on doing that at some point during the show, but... We have a lot to get into as I as I go about doing that. Here to join me and, and help me out in this process, filthy Tom Lawler. He is here because, of course, the big boss man Brian Alvarez takes Fridays off, but he does it for a good reason, as he's going to volunteer at his child's school. Hopefully not teaching anybody math along the way there, but we got a lot to get into here. WWE SmackDown live tonight from the AT&T Center in San Antonio, Texas. It is completely sold out. We'll tell you what's going on there. Also, what's going on tonight on Rampage, and some of you will say, well, Mike, I already know what's going to happen on Rampage. It's been taped ahead of time. I know what these spoilers are. Well, number one, we will do no spoilers on this show. And number two, if you have not been paying attention to your social media then you would not know that Tony Khan has got an announcement tonight for a dream match taking place on the live episode of AEW Collision on Saturday. So we'll get into what he said about that, as well as what's going to be a very busy weekend around the world. Not only are those shows tonight, of course CMLL has got their weekly show and then also coming up here very shortly, the New Japan Super Juniors Tag League kicks off, as well as New Japan's return to Las Vegas, where filthy Tom Lawler is going to bust up some Bullet Club members. I guarantee that. We'll be back, Wrestling Observer Live. You are listening to Wrestling Observer Live on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. Welcome back to the show. Mike Sempervivi and Filthy Tom Lawler here with you. We do this show right here for an hour at a time, but if you want us 24-7, you can find us on Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it. At Sempervivi, at Filthy Tom Lawler, at Sports Byline USA, and at WONF4W. Of course, since Brian's not here, I'll start the show like I always do. Make the wrestling news part of your day. Everything you need to know to get your day started or get you caught up 
or get you to your favorite wrestling review pod like Wrestling Observer Radio with Dave and Brian, daily free in between 5 and 15 minutes long every single day, uploaded by about 9 o'clock in the morning Eastern time. No clickbait, no speculation, no rumors, no paywall, just the wrestling news. For more information, head on over to the wrestlingnews.com and at Wrestling News AV on Facebook and Twitter. And also, since Brian's not here for the ASMR kids, get ready. It is the winter edition Red Bull, the pear cinnamon one. There you go. Filthy, how are you? I'm doing great, Mike. I should have gone and grabbed my ghost pink lemonade. We ghost pink lemonade? We could have toasted the ghost. <laughs> that sounds like it's got alcohol in it, I assume. No. Oh, no. no. Just, an, just an energy drink. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, wait, okay, that, okay, I know that one now. Yes, it's usually sitting over there by, like, the Starburst C4s and all those other ones I don't grab. Red Bull, that's it. That's the only one I can tolerate. All the other ones are terrible. No, I, just the only the only one that I generally dislike, and I, I'm upset with myself because I love the marketing, is G Fuel, but just the taste doesn't hold up i no, I, it does not and i'm think, a big gatorade guy i like the pedialyte gatorade they got out now that's way no, too expensive no 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 g fuel is not made by gatorade no. oh it's not i thought no, doesn't like gatorade a, have their own it's like a gamer's energy drink oh, no wonder so why i'm not familiar with it sonic peach rings oh, stuff like that well good crossover there i guess S- speaking of which yes sir i just picked up the super mario brothers wonder game today supposed to be the best 2d mario of all time but i don't know when i'm gonna get to play it mike because we have so much wrestling and mma action this weekend that we shouldn't waste any more time we should probably start talking about it we should or or brian's going to get imaginary emails that he'll just blabber out on air that he has but uh you said mma there you made sure to point that out i didn't have that on my little agenda here with all the wrestling taking place but what has got your uh attention this weekend Obviously, the Paul fight was last weekend. I mean, do you have any thoughts on on Paul and Dennis and then Paul calling out Mysterio, too? No, I have virtually no thoughts. (laughs) I have spent no brain cells whatsoever on analyzing that matchup after the fact. Good man. Dylan Dennis did a good job of selling it. I'll say that. Well, that's the only thing he knows how to do is be a spectacle to himself. Well, what has my attention this weekend... And I don't know why it wasn't on your agenda, because if we look at things objectively, this would be the biggest money fight of the weekend, right? Whoever's going to wrestle on SmackDown tonight isn't going to get paid more than Islam Makachev or Alexander Volkanovsky will for their one battle tomorrow night. Yeah, but will it be as good as Rocky Romero and Mistico in a two out of three falls match? To be fair, the Islam Makachev and Alexander Volkanovsky fight number one probably was as good as any match that you're going to see this weekend in pro wrestling or MMA. I can't imagine that this fight will live up to their last fight, which was, and I said this to one of my friends, I said, you know what, this is a top five technical skill level fight in MMA history. And then I started thinking... I can't name another one. So <laughs> I think you can't there, think of any technical fights in history. Not on this level. Not on no. the level of Islam Makachev and Alexander Volkanovsky, number one. 
And I can't imagine that it'll be as close or as intriguing, as good of a fight over 25 minutes as it was last time. But I've been proven wrong plenty of times. I want to prove you wrong. I just we won't have the time for me to dig back into the uh, archives and see if there was a Pride Bushido show or something like that that had something that good on there. Uh, I'm an well, old man. That's why I remember Pride Bushido. It would be Sakuraba and Carlos Newton when they had a grappling battle and neither guy was throwing strikes, if you remember that matchup. But yes. They didn't display all of the skills in mixed martial arts that were displayed in the first fight between Makachev and Volkanovsky. We saw a bit of everything. Good striking, what you didn't see in Sakuraba and Carlos Nguyen, so... What was the ultimate result of this for those out there who've been out there driving right now or something like that? I know we have long-distance truckers and things like that that end up listening to us. So if they were on the road all day or they were doing things all day, what was the result? Of Sakuraba and Carlos Newton? God, no, no. Sakuraba won by knee bar. That's the, that's, so Islam, Makachev, Islam Makachev won a very close decision over Alexander Volkanovsky in their first fight earlier this year. And it's the biggest fight, I think, right now that the UFC could do. And it's happening on, on short notice. And it's during the day. Yeah. 2 p.m. Eastern, this pay-per-view starts, which is great if you're an avid day drinker like myself. I'll be able to get going at 7 a.m. for the prelims. Oh, my and, goodness. Oh, and, Pacific time, yes. Yeah, and 11 a.m. Pacific. We'll see. Is that how you start things? If you're starting the day with a beverage, do you go Bloody Mary or are you able to go beer like a double IPA right off the bat? They have those horrific breakfast beers we won't spend 15 minutes no, talking about them no no we won't no <laughs> uh i think i think i might go with a mimosa well i mean the, uh, the thing is this is this has to do with wrestling too i mean look at some of these shows that come on now i mean crown jewel is going to be a two in the two in the afternoon on the east coast for the people out west that's a morning show for them you know a little bit of brunch and guinness or something like that yeah, absolutely. I think it makes I, I enjoy these daytime shows a lot more than I do the nighttime shows. I don't know if I'm just getting to be an old curmudgeon. Yes. Or or it's a little <laughs> of it. Yeah. You got kids. <laughs> You're on a normal sleep schedule now. I mean that that's going to be the way, but there's look, we, we have to talk about night shows, Tom, because tonight is obviously Friday, and that means it's going to be really busy. And as I mentioned, WWE SmackDown at the AT T Center in San Antonio sold out. 13,695 as estimated by Russell Tix. Last time WWE was in the building, they did 79.58 for Monday Night Raw last year on July 7th. Technically, in storyline, this is Nick Aldis's first day on the job as the SmackDown general manager. They have already announced a women's title match between EO Sky and Charlotte Flair. And we have Santos Escobar alongside Carlito and Rey Mysterio, who will be at his side as he faces Montez Ford in this match is going to probably kick a lot of tail. He'll obviously have Angelo Dawkins and Bobby Lashley in his corner. I mean, both of those matches ought to be really darn good. And with how they've been doing things where it seems like there's only four matches on a SmackDown to take up the two hours, both of them are going to get ample time, even if we may not like how they end up closing those matches. 
Yeah, hopefully Escobar and Ford get some time. I believe it's Charlotte and EO, you said. Yes. I can't I can't see them getting any less than 15 minutes, probably 20 on this show. All of the action I've seen between those two I've enjoyed as well in the three ways, the tag team matches. So I'm looking forward to that one as far as in-ring competition goes. Maybe we'll see a little bit of movement forward with the damage control storyline. Everyone has been waiting, waiting, waiting for months, maybe even a year it seems, for Bailey to turn on EO Sky, and it just never happens. And quite frankly, I'm okay with that. Um, the Montez Ford and Escobar match, like I said, I hope that it doesn't just turn into a schmoz or something. I'd like to see those guys get a shot at each other one-on-one. And then that leaves plenty of time for all Nick Aldis to book some swing bouts for SmackDown and ruin the lives of the scheduled competitors. <laughs> some television time remaining bouts from back in the day. Well, we got a lot of time remaining, which is good because we got a lot to get into, including an update on The Rock and WrestleMania 40. We'll be back, Wrestling Observer Live. are listening to Wrestling Observer Live on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. Back on the show, Mike Sempervivi and Filthy Tom Lawler. It is a Filthy Friday here on Wrestling Observer Live. I did mention here before we went to break that The Rock and WrestleMania 40, we have some news. You would already know this if you went to the front page of the website and saw a little bit about what Dave Meltzer has in this week's newsletter. I will read it uh, verbatim here. Quote, Regarding the stories that WWE won't do Rock versus Reigns at Mania if Rock wants to do it, what we were told is this, if he wants the spot, I can't believe WWE would turn him down. But after Johnson turned it down last year, nobody is going with the idea he's going to do it this year. That's how it's written. I got a little bit more. The match is not scheduled, unlike at this time last year when the match was considered a good shot. The belief is that Johnson will have plenty of work once the strikes are over and he'll have plenty to do. What we were told is Rock is not going to come back and win the title. I'd never anticipate that would be an issue as if the match was to happen. I always figured Reigns to win and Rock then retiring in the ring. End quote. Aside from a six-second squash of Eric Rowan at WrestleMania 32, Dwayne The Rock Johnson has not wrestled since facing John Cena in the main event of WrestleMania 29 in 2013. He made a surprise appearance on SmackDown alongside Pat McAfee in September and took part in a segment with Austin Theory and had a little bit of an interaction with John Cena. So, filthy Tom Lawler. We have lots of options. Actually, you could say we have lots of options. I see one option as of still right now. It is Cody Rhodes to face Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. But what say you? Do you think at this point it's going to happen? And I got, I guess, more than that, because I got to be honest, I don't care to see it necessarily. I don't care if he comes back or not at this point. But does The Rock... Do you care about this? Does it matter at this point? Or do people want to see Cody? Mike, after The Rock at WrestleMania 39, 
ghosted the WWE. I could care less about seeing him wrestle. It's been 10 years. I think it's time to give the rightful family member a shot to take on Roman Reigns in the main event of WrestleMania. Now, you could have Cody Cody Rhodes challenge on night one and once again come up short. And then night two, you set up the big return. Roman Reigns defending against the long-lost family member, Luther Reigns. <laughs> this is a lot of setup, but as far as I'm concerned, it was worth it. That's a deep cut right there. Honestly, without old horseshoe, Luther Reigns, do you believe... Is Do you believe you're going to have two Roman Reigns? But would you want to see two Roman Reigns' matches or... I mean, the women obviously got pushed out of the spot last year because Sami Zayn was so over, and you had that going on where it was Sami and Kevin against the Usos. That really was the right match to make the main event. Rhea Ripley, Bianca Belair, Rhea Ripley, and whoever, let's say, you know, on night one, would that, wouldn't that still make more sense? Or do you do a thing where, you know, again, Roman Reigns would open the first night of WrestleMania, then close the next one? No, I think we're getting one Roman Reigns match. That was simply for the setup of the joke that I mentioned Roman Reigns would wrestle twice. I don't that know. Reigns is older than a lot of the listeners. They don't remember that time. <laughs> when I look at the layout, I mean, Cody Rhodes versus Roman Reigns is the only match that I'm pretty confident is scheduled for that future WrestleMania. Uh, maybe you get something along the lines of also... Kevin Owens taking on Sami Zayn, um, you know, Seth Rollins probably will be involved in some way in that other title uh, situation. And other than that, I don't really see, you know, I don't see the, the cards. I don't see the future layout of next year's WWE. We have LA Knight taking on Roman Reigns, which was made official today, I believe, for Crown Jewel. And it looked like the direction was in that way anyway, so I'm not surprised. But they're going to have to be really careful about what they do as far as this finish of this match goes. Obviously, LA Knight is hotter than virtually anyone that I can remember in recent times. I mean, if you ask Brian Alvarez, he'd say John Cena is hotter than anyone. But other than LA Knight and Sami Zayn over the past year... I can't remember two people of the crowd has been behind more uh, in recent memory than those two guys. So you don't want to take any of the steam off him, but clearly the plan is not for LA Knight to be the long-term champion or even a short-term champion, I would think. You know, um, this is, I guess, subjective, depending on how you view somebody after a loss. But one thing that they've been really good at during the Roman Reigns' reign has been... And again, I, this is some of this is because there's a lot of goodwill built up for these people from the fan base. But Bobby Lashley, multiple opportunities or teases, 
He doesn't win it. He's not less over. Drew McIntyre was not less over from winning. Sami Zayn was not less over. Sure, they lost some off the fastball along the way, but Kevin Owens, a great example. How many shots did he have? I mean, that's one that's even woven into the storyline that they have with Kevin Owens with how many times he had a shot and there was some sort of nonsense that ended up screwing him over and out of the way. And that's what they could do right here with L.A. Knight is have that type of interference because I'm sure they have a lot of confidence in themselves that they can continue to keep this storyline moving and continue to keep guys strong who weave in and out of it. So I'm sure that they're probably thinking that, as you mentioned, it was revealed by Houston Mitchell in the Los Angeles Times. Um, you know, I, I like Houston Mitchell very, very much. Uh, it's been a long time uh, contributor to the Wrestling Observer, Observer Newsletter, but you know, it feels like this was a you know like everything that they fed this story to him, and it's not any surprise that we're talking about L.A. Knight and Reigns for Crown Jewel because that's what we've been assuming the whole time. Uh, there's also Seth Rollins against Drew McIntyre. Honestly, Tom, I think by the time it gets to WrestleMania, we will have Drew McIntyre as the top male leader. <laughs> In the Judgment Day, the boss of that family is Mommy, and it will remain Rhea Ripley. But I believe Drew McIntyre is going to be in the Judgment Day. Damien Priest will be out of the Judgment Day. And maybe by that point, one of the two will be the champion on the Raw brand, and that could be a match we see. What do you think? I am not an avid viewer of Raw. Is that something that they've been moving in the direction of? I know that... They've been teasing a Drew McIntyre heel turn. And that's what it's based around is really Jey Uso being back and everybody telling him he has to drop it. And the reason that I theorize this is, you know, you got J.D. McDonough there. He's cool, but he's not going to be the leader of that group. There's no badass of that group once Damian Priest were to leave. So it just seems to make sense. That's a good place to kind of slide Drew. You keep the group strong. You keep Drew strong because he's in a strong group. And then you have a strong opponent with Damian Priest and, and somebody to work off of. Yeah, I think it makes great sense, actually. And, you know, Drew McIntyre's essentially been the same Drew McIntyre for years and years at this point. He's great in ring. It's not like, believe me, that wasn't a uh, a knock on Drew McIntyre no, at all because he's, he's one of the best things. Face. He's yeah. one of the best things on in the WWE. He's phenomenal in ring. He's he looks great, but he's essentially had the same character for years, and he needs a change. Um, the only difference, I guess, would be when he was in the team with Sheamus, you know. But really, the, he was still the same guy. So I think this is a needed change, and it'll give uh, you know a lot more depth at the top of the Raw main event heel scene. Now, who is there now? Nakamura. Well, Gunther, right now it's, it's Shinsuke Nakamura. Right? It's the Judgment Day as a group, you know, and then you know. The, I mean, from there, it does get kind of, like, spread around a little bit. It just kind of depends on who you like. I mean, Gunther stands out as he's almost uh, really away from everybody right now because everything is about Chad Gable, and he's operating in his own little universe where he's feuding with his own subordinates as much as he's really feuding with anybody else. 
And if they can build to Chad Gable winning that Intercontinental title in Philadelphia, what a story. That would be a a good crowd to do it in front of either that would make Chad Gable. I mean, for as much as people love Gunther, you know, and there are a lot of people I think they're loving Chad's you know his his run to the belt they love the chase but they may not necessarily you know pop the way they want them to i think i I honestly think philadelphia would be a perfect place for that i I do want to mention here this uh, i got to get your opinion wwe's opened up a lot more seating for the survivor series coming up in chicago at the all-state arena the new setup accommodates 15,342. It's an addition of nearly 2,800 seats. They've added official platinums, which is what they call the first four rows of any section that are $375. The seats priced behind there are 40 Tom, when we get back from break, I kind of want your opinion on, number one, WWE being this hot. Number two... Is the door truly closed on CM Punk coming in and being at that show? And we'll get your thoughts on that as well as a whole lot more we need to get into on Wrestling Observer Live. You are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. Back on the show, Mike Sempervivi, filthy Tom Lawler here with you, Wrestling Observer Live. And as I was trailing off to break last segment, I was talking about the fact that WWE has opened up a bunch more seats inside the Allstate Arena because of demand. They are jacked up and 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 set for this thing so filthy i gotta ask you even though all of the reports seem to indicate cm punk will be nowhere around i am sure a lot of the people that will probably fill all 2800 of these new seats i can't believe whatever this show is is not going to be completely sold out no matter what they open it up to at this point are, are any of them, is there going to be any disappointment? Is there going to be any disappointment if he is not there? Obviously, you can fool people at the end and give them something that they didn't expect or, or have some big, booming, awesome thing going off the air that will kind of distract from that. But do you re- do you think the average fan who may not be listening to this show and who's not tuned into newsletters and all this stuff, they're really going to believe he's going to be there? I, for one... Mike will be disappointed if CM Punk's not there. I think he would be a welcome addition to WWE. I would love to see him back on television. I don't know if that'll be the place that it happens. Recent reports would seem to indicate otherwise. But when you slap on some $300 ticket prices to get in the door, up in the cheap seats, then, uh, you know, you're going to have speculation run wild. And we've seen, if nothing else, in the past that CM Punk can work with the new owners of WWE. Maybe not. He's not known for being chummy and pals with Triple H necessarily. No. But he does have a good relationship with Dana White, Endeavor, who are the owners 
now yeah. of WWE. So perhaps they can open up that door a little bit. If not, it's been rumored that we're getting the Judgment Day versus Bloodline in some sort of capacity over the past few months. There's not a whole lot of time to set that up. They did some work last week on SmackDown, which I thought was one of the best episodes I've seen in a long time. The season premiere of SmackDown was very intriguing, the way they added a lot of elements into the main event storyline with the Bloodline, although things have already changed after the season premiere of Raw and the title changes. However, that does leave the Judgment Day back on SmackDown where they can mess with Paul Heyman once again. They could, you know, strum up some beef with Roman Reigns. Strum up some beef. (laughs) You know, you know, maybe Tony Khan has got some beef strung up and that's his big plan. Maybe who knows who he could be breaking out for this dream match that he's talking about. I have a theory. Really? No. Well, hold on. Hold that theory there for a second because I'll set this up for everybody who has not been to the front page of WrestlingObserver.com and seen what Joseph Courier has posted up there about Tony Khan planning a dream match for this Saturday's episode of AEW Collision. He hyped on Twitter. I assume that's what that link is going to because it's it's Tony Khan. It's got to be Twitter. Uh, he's got a dream match in store for this week's episode of Collision. It has uh, obviously the opponents have not been announced yet. It is going to be revealed on Rampage tonight. Um, what is your theory on this about who could be in this? Uh, and will it be a meat slapping affair? I think what Tony Khan's got in his back pocket is what the people have been waiting months for. It's going to be me against Adam Cole. At the no. hospital when he's getting <laughs> surgery? <laughs> I, don't think that, I don't think I'm going to be beating up Mr. Glass anytime soon. <laughs> but when I think of Memphis wrestling, you think of Jerry the King Lawler. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Um, when I Sputnik think of dream matches we could get down there in this area, my mind immediately goes to the Young Bucks and the Rock and Roll Express. And I looked at Cage Match, and I noticed that uh, old Robert Gibson actually wrestled within the past couple weeks. Hmm. And he's been uh, somewhat active over the past few months, even teamed up with Ernest Miller. The cat? An event in... (laughs) apparently at an event in franklin georgia he had a singles match really this year too so that's my guess i oh, think yeah. we're getting and if it's not the bucks maybe ftr but i think we're getting the rock and rolls we've seen ftr and rock and roll so that's why you know what that look i'm sure a lot of people listening just rolled their eyes at the thought of that because either they don't like the young bucks or they're not trying to see the rock and roll express but i mean I would be absolutely all for that. That would be actually really cool. Obviously, the School of Morton down there in Tennessee runs shows and is doing their thing there, the Ricky Morton School. So that only makes sense to me. I'm actually all for that. And, you know, all the AEW stuff obviously starts tonight with Rampage. And as I said, we won't be doing any spoilers here, but the Fort Bend Epicenter in Rosenberg, Texas, Greater Houston, uh, where they taped Dynamite, or this was taped after Dynamite. Best two out of three falls. 
the uh, the the completely uh, the completely official and authentic affair. Mystico faces NWA historic world welterweight champion that is Rocky Romero, who's going to be appearing on this show this coming Wednesday. We have the Blackpool Combat Club of Claudio and Wheeler Yuta against Brian Keith and Exodus Prime. That's actually a pretty cool team right there. Ruby Soho takes on Sky Blue, and in a three-way number one contenders match for the international title, Brother Zay, John Silver, and Kip Sabian. So that is the lineup for tonight. Any any thoughts on Mystico and Rocky Romero here going into that match? I believe we are getting the authentic, official CMLL version of Rocky Romero here. So it won't be the best friends, hugging it out, fun-loving guy. The Rocky Romero and CMLL is the top heel, the most hated wrestler right now in Mexico. Bro, he and, and Bolador had one of the matches of the year. Really did. He's had quite a few matches down there that were spectacular, and any fan of professional wrestling should be watching uh, his work over the past, I guess, six months to a year down in Mexico. But it's been, this is it, it's how long has it been since the U.S. audience has seen this Mystico in action? It would be back when he was Sin Cara in like the first incarnation well, in that's WWE. The thing. So, and he got off to such a, I mean, you know, off the trampoline on that first night that didn't go well that they had to tape over. He never got a foothold here. And I think while people probably love the La Mystica or love some things about his game, I mean, Honestly, this is going to be the first time that mainstream America will have the chance to really see this guy that was, and I, and again, I used to get Channel 52, there were like CMLL, like five shows on, it felt like, during the week, if you had the right Spanish television package, in 2003, 2004, 2005, you have no idea how big of a star that this guy was and why he's in the Observer Newsletter Hall of Fame. Most people don't know why that is, and hopefully they'll get a chance to see a little bit of it tonight with him and Rock. Yeah, there's a reason why WWE brought in a guy his size who couldn't speak English, who had all these limitations against him as far as what they would traditionally push as a star because he was that great during that time period. And, you know, he's still a great wrestler despite his career in WWE uh, years and years ago. So I'm really looking forward to seeing both these guys show out tonight. He had a more spectacular fail in WWE, but it's kind of still on par with Ultimo or Ultimo Dragon who I could not have been happier about when he came in. They gave him such cool vignettes on the way in with the changing of the mask and music. I, I thought it was great. And then literally just his first night in, too, had some problems, slipped up on some stuff. And it was like he never recovered from there, and he just didn't get over, and it just didn't work. But it didn't, to me, dismiss the rest of his legacy although to a lot of people it did and i think that was the case with mystico as well too but i guess let me let me continue to move on here we get a lot well, of... it ahead. seems like they've been kind of bootstrapped at those uh introductions of foreign wrestlers over the years you know you mentioned ultimo dragon we're talking about mystico as Sin Cara, uh the traditional japanese wrestler lord tensai 
at a well i mean they see things that are big in the culture but then don't know how to translate the culture you know i mean it was like why you know why was giant bernard a star in japan and did they you know again the gimmick that they had for him and all that it's like you know i don't know they've been very awkward with a lot of the things that they've done bringing people in Endo Suzuki is another great example that sticks out there. But, hey, AEW Collision is also going to be taking place alongside Battle of the Belts 8 this weekend, live on Saturday from the FedEx Forum in Memphis, Tennessee. Talked about the rock and roll and the Young Bucks. Maybe somebody can get pile-driven through the table. Maybe Ricky can get some revenge on, on Nick Jackson or something. Pretend that he's Randy Savage from back in the day when Savage put Morton through that pile driver through the table. That may have been the first pile driver through a table I ever saw was Randy Savage doing that to Ricky Morton at the Mid-South Coliseum. But Dave Brown, I'm excited about this perennial Wrestling Observer Newsletter Hall of Fame candidate and one of the great voices of all time. Used to be alongside Lance Russell on all those great Memphis television shows and then into the 90s with the USWA and all that sort of stuff. I'm not sure how many matches he's going to be calling, but he's definitely going to be going to be doing the Memphis Street Fight with Eddie Kingston and Jeff Jarrett, which ought to be... Ought to be very entertaining. I know a lot of people are going to be pissed off when Kingston takes an L here with all this interference, Memphis style, and Jay Lethal ends up getting a title shot. But I'm looking forward to this one. What could you not like about this match? You know what I mean? This we've seen Eddie Kingston in these fights in the ring repeatedly over the past few months. Like, we've seen him backstage. He's in the stadium stampede. He's fighting outside of the ring. He looks like he's having the time of his life. Right? He's probably so happy to get to go out there and fight Jeff Jarrett in Memphis in this situation. It's going to be awesome. nobody except who is happier than Jeff Jarrett because he's going to get to go over somebody who will never get revenge back on him. You think he's going to ether him? You think he's going to get him with the rag? Hey, I hope he does. I hope it's something crazy old school like that and completely ridiculous. Yes. Yes, I do hope that happens. And I'm a big Jeff Jarrett fan. I don't, you know, I, but I, you got to make fun of him. Again, the Epi thing and so many times. Jeff Jarrett, the ultimate survivor in, in the professional wrestling business, the ultimate, ultimate worker in the professional wrestling business. But also on collision, AEW World Tag Team title match, Big Bill and Ricky Starks make their first, second defense. I don't know, but they face Claudio and Wheeler Yuta. And in a singles match, Miro against Action Andretti, if he still doesn't have him held hostage from last week, the hot and flexible CJ, uh, surely playing a part in that. Orange Cassidy against the winner of tonight's three-way for the international title on Battle of the Belts 8. Uh, the Chris Statlander against Willow Nightingale for the TBS title and the World Trios title, Billy Gunn and the acclaimed against Angelo Parker, Daniel Garcia, and Matt Menard. Filthy Tom and I will exit this show when we get back from break. Tom, think of some words of wisdom to pass on to everybody before we sign off here on Wrestling Observer Live. You are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. 
Back on the show, Mike Sempervivi, Filthy Tom Lawler here with you, Wrestling Observer Live. we got one more short segment to go before your weekend officially begins. Darby Allen never takes a weekend, Tom. Uh, he says he's dealing with an injured shoulder, and this is the ultimate in bearing the lead on the website. Ian Carey, you did this, my friend. The 30-year-old Allen hasn't wrestled since Wrestle Dream on October 1st, but took part in a brawl with Nick Wayne and Luchasaurus. He then goes on to say that Nitro Circus was also in Texas this week and had a show on Thursday in Fort Worth. Allen performed a stunt jump at the event and mentioned his shoulder injury when addressing the live crowd. He said... Basically, uh, I'll cut it short here. My shoulder, I think, is fractured, and I messed up my elbow pretty bad last week, and I had to go train to climb Mount Everest. So I didn't give my shoulder any time to rest, but since I heard Nitro Circus was coming, I had to be there. And then it says, Alan then proceeded to land on his already injured shoulder when attempting the jump. (laughs) So, Darby Allen, um... I love watching him wrestle because I believe everything he does hurts either him or his opponent. He's got a set of cojones that I wouldn't have doing some of these stunts and everything. But, I mean, if you're Tony Khan, are you pulling your hair out? or you, Do you just truly accept that this is what Darby Helen is here and something like that? I think you pull your hair out as you accept that this is what Darby <laughs> Allen's going to do. People die all the time from trying to climb Mount Everest. This guy's training for it with a one arm apparently after getting slammed on the steel steps by christian what a horrific horrific bump yeah that was this guy i mean no deep arm drags for darby no no rest holds (laughs) no chin locks out there he's going crazy 100 percent 24 7 i guess it doesn't end when he's outside of the aew ring you know, he just had to go get his thrills at Nitro Circus. Apparently. Mike, hey. he asked for some words of wisdom, so yes, sir. let me give them to you as we depart. From Cody Rhodes, I believe in hard work, but I believe in vindication as well. Mike, you have a few nightmares, I imagine, before you reach your dream. And what a dream it's been for myself and for my colleague, Mike Sempervivi. Wrestling Observer Live. We bid you adieu. You have been listening to the Wrestling Observer Daily Podcast on the 8Side Network.